We'd like to welcome everybody this morning. We appreciate, once again, the great crowd we have. Everybody that made an effort to be here and appreciate all the kids being here and that great song they sung. Uh, you know, if, uh, if you get Jesus, that's, uh, that's the best this life has for us. And that's, uh, that's all that really matters is having Jesus. We've just had a, we've had a great weekend, uh, a great morning this morning. Sunrise service was outstanding and uh, just been able to fill the Lord all day. And uh, I can, I'm confident that's going to continue through our services. And um, I just uh, pray everybody just uh, really get in the services and uh, uh, there's going to be opportunity this morning. I just pray the church move powerful and uh, give the people that's going to have an opportunity just to extra extra strength and extra faith to just make the move and come get what the Lord has for him this morning. And uh, I'm going to ask uh, Brother Chris, you want to dismiss us to Sunday school? It's good to be in God's house this morning. <clears throat> uh, I'm like Ryan. We, we started the day off right today. Uh, if you missed the sunrise service, you missed a real good one. And uh, had one got saved, and it don't get no better than that. Uh, that's what that's what church is all about, and uh, I thought Imogene was singing "Who Rolled a Stone Away," and that second verse said Mary Magdalene was weeping when she came where Jesus lay, and I thought if he hadn't been if he if he'd have still been in the tomb she'd have had something to weep about, but he got up. And we've got something to rejoice about. And sometimes 
Sometimes just thinking about those things brings tears to my eyes, but that's joy. Uh, what God, what God put down in my heart when He saved me, is joy unspeakable. And when I when I get me out of the way and let His Spirit move in my life, there's nothing no better. That that actually that just that lets us know every time that we're His. It's renewed. Day by day, really. And uh, there's a, a scripture, that real familiar scripture in the 116th Psalm. And said, what shall I, he started out, said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? And then he, he told about how good God's been to him, how he saved him. And he didn't use them words, maybe, but that's what he was talking about. So we we could ever one ask ourselves the same question: What shall I render unto the Lord for that morning in 1956 when God spoke peace to my soul? And there's nothing I could do. I I couldn't have done nothing to get it. I can't do nothing to keep it, and I can't do nothing to pay for it now. But I believe. God wants me to do the very best that I can for him. And if my best is just a little bit, that's good enough. God don't expect more than my best. And uh, he don't expect me to do something that I'm not able to do. So if, if God tells you to do something, you're able to do it. He'll enable you. And he don't expect us all to do great big jobs. Uh, I I ain't no preacher. I couldn't even attempt to preach. But and so that's that's not my job. But trying to teach Sunday school, I believe is, and uh, I I ain't very good at it. I don't think. But but God blesses me for doing it, and that's that's good enough for me. Our lesson this morning is in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. One of the greatest chapters in the whole Bible. Now, the guy that wrote the commentary in the Sunday school quarterly, he was talking about somebody, and I don't remember who it was, uh, some theologian or something, that wrote something about this and said the 53rd chapter of Isaiah was the Mount Everest of the Old Testament. In other words, he's saying it was the high point. And, uh, but if you, if you start out in Genesis, I want to make a point on that. I don't want, don't want to get stuck on it. You start out in Genesis and go to Revelation, reading, if you miss Jesus, you've missed the whole point. John said, he was talking, I believe he was talking about the whole book, all that God wrote. He said, these things are written that you might believe and that believing you'd have life through his name. So it, it all points to Jesus. Anyway, uh, uh, <coughs> in the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah started that chapter out, said, who hath believed our report? Sounds just like preachers today. Sometimes they preach their heart out. Nobody don't move. And it, it, 
it makes you wonder sometimes. And uh, and Isaiah was wondering back then, who who's believed our report? But then he come down, he come down through this chapter telling what his report was. He said, surely, and he's talking about Jesus. And and I, I point I want to. Uh, he could have said Jesus right there just as easily as not. Uh, God could have gave that to him. You go back. He, he talked about, I don't remember where it's at. It's in the book of Isaiah. Uh, he talked about when, the, when Judah would come back out of Babylon. and Now, Isaiah lived before they ever went into Babylon. He was prophesying a long time before this happened. And he was, he was telling about them coming back out of Babylon. And he said, he, he called Cyrus by name. Cyrus was the king, the Persian king, that, that sent the, uh, the Judeans back to build, rebuild the temple. And he called him by name. And that was, that was several years before it ever happened. Before, probably before Cyrus was ever born. So he could have called Jesus just as easily by name. But uh, said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. We could, I believe you could look at Jesus when he was walking the earth here, and he what? I don't think he was a real handsome person, according to what the book says. It ain't about the flesh. If if it was about the flesh, they wouldn't. None of us qualify. Uh, I didn't qualify to get saved. Because of who I was or what I was or how good I was, I already covered that, I think. We didn't, we didn't qualify. But Jesus qualified for every one of us. I'd have never got saved if it had been up to me. But surely he, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, I remember, and, and I, everybody here can remember, I remember the day I got saved and uh, how I felt when the gospel come down in here and showed me that I was lost. I, I felt awful. I was scared. I knew I was going to hell. And uh, Jesus, when I come, when I come to him, he took, he took that out of there. He bore my griefs and my sorrows. He had all of them on him when he went to Calvary's cross. All of the guilt, the pain, and every, every bad thing in my life, he carried up Calvary's hill with the cross and nailed them to his cross.
Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, but we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. And the people bad-mouthed him and still are. The world, uh, a lot of the world don't, don't believe in Jesus, don't want nothing to do with the church, uh, don't want nothing to do with the Bible. Uh, a lot of people say, well, that was okay way back in the dark ages, but it's, it's outdated in this modern time. What I got down in my soul, I got it when I was a boy. And that's been 65 years ago, and it's got better all the time. And uh, it ain't never got outdated and never will. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. The Bible said his visage was marred more than any man. And they've been, they've been some people pretty, pretty bad tore up. But Jesus is, I, I've said this before and I've heard Terry say the same thing. I don't believe his mother would have recognized him if she hadn't been standing there watching him do it. And uh, can you imagine uh, how Mary felt standing there watching him do all this to her son? Uh, I believe if they'd have been doing that to one of my kids, they'd have had to do it to me too because I couldn't have stood there, I don't think. But he, he had, the Bible said he tread the wine press alone. He didn't need no help to do the job that he'd done. And, and it wasn't about nature. That natural body had to die. In order, to, in order to purchase our salvation, if you want to say it that way. And <clears throat> so that natural body had to die. Remember when they come to the garden after him, Peter drew his sword out and cut the guy's ear off. Jesus told him to put his sword away. And he put the guy's ear back on. <clears throat> and uh, so it wasn't about, it wasn't about, saving the, the natural body. And, and that God wasn't about saving this carcass you're looking at. Now, I, I want to qualify that. We've got a hope in this man right here. This man has a hope. What I've got down in my soul is pure heaven. It's as good as it's ever going to get. But what this flesh is going to get up out of the ground one of these days, if I'm in the ground, going to raise in the likeness of Christ, and, and then he'll be finished with his creation. I don't I believe I believe the finished work that God was talking about in the beginning when he said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. I believe the finished product is, is what he was talking about in the resurrection when Christ comes back and gets the church. We'll be just like he intended us in the beginning. 
And uh, so, but Jesus was making that all possible at, at Calvary. And he went back. This, Isaiah was prophesying this 750 years or so before Jesus come. And he was telling it, he was telling it like it, like it was. And you can read all through the Old Testament. All of, the, all of those prophets had their testimonies, had their prophecies that they prophesied about Jesus. And the ever one ended up happening just like they said. And Jesus, Jesus coming into the world to fulfill all that scripture. And he did. Anybody got a comment? The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. <clears throat> the, one of the greatest things, I guess, that I, and everything's great about being saved, but one of the greatest things about being saved is the peace that God puts down in your soul. The Bible said it passes all understanding. We can't understand it, but I appreciate it. it when we have trouble, and, and we man born a woman's few days and full of trouble, so we're going to have trouble as long as we live here. But we've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he, know, he knows all of our troubles, and he's able to help us in all of our problems, whatever we have. He's able to help us. And if, if, it's, if it's not in his will to, to move it out of the way, he'll help us get through it. One of these days, every one of us is going to come down to the end of our life, and we're going to die. I don't know how that will happen. What? I, I don't want to know. It would, it would worry, worry me probably if I did. I'm not worried about the end result. I know where I'm going. It's just this carcass here don't like to suffer. And, but God will help us through it. Every step of the way. Everybody here has experienced those kind of things. And uh, somebody dying and God's with you the whole time. And help you. But Jesus made all this possible. All we, now listen, this is us. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone in his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took our sin in his body to Calvary's cross. And uh we can't we can't say I'm I can't I can't say I'm better than Bill or I'm better than Mike or whatever. If I'm thinking like that, I'm thinking way wrong. I'm out of fellowship when I'm thinking thoughts like that. And uh, if and if, if, if Blaine gets up here and teaches Sunday school, and he does a great job, 
I appreciate him. If he gets up here and gets in a Sunday school lesson and does a real good job, if I got jealous about that, I'd be, that's sin. I ought to be tickled to death if my brother does real good. I don't care who they are. If God blesses them, I ought to be tickled to death. And, and it ought to be a blessing to me too. And it is. So, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He went through the judgment hall of Pilate and they asked him questions and so on and he never answered. He never said nothing. And uh, so he, he fulfilled everything that was prophesied of him in the, in the scriptures. And I'm, I believe, uh, just like Neil said in, in service this morning, I believe when he walked up the hill, he laid down on the cross and just laid his hands out and let them nail the cr nails in. He gave himself. He wasn't, they didn't force him. They couldn't force him. He was God's son, had all power. The Bible said he could have called 12 legions of angels. All he'd have had to do is speak the word and the world would have been disintegrated. But he, he gave himself willingly, laid his hands out and let them, let them kill him. Or he died so that I could have life. And uh, he was looking down through time and seeing me when I was a 15-year-old boy on my way to hell. And knew I needed a Savior. In the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews, I love that second verse. It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. He was looking forward to the joy. He was, he was looking forward to the day I got saved, and the day you got saved, and the day every one of us got saved. The Bible said there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than 99 just persons that need no repentance. So, Somebody gets saved, I believe they're shouting in heaven. And that's what Jesus was looking at when he went to the cross. He was looking at all the souls that was going to come to him and be saved. Not, now, I believe it, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I can't prove this. And I may not be right at all, but I believe Jesus, I believe Jesus maybe sheds a few tears sometimes when he looks and sees all the people that's going to turn him away. He does through his church anyway. If, if our hearts are right, we've got a burden for our people that's lost, and we'll shed some tears over them. And uh, 
He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? He was taken from judgment. <clears throat> they had him in the judgment hall of Pilate. Pilate come out and told him, said, I don't find no fault in this man. They said, crucify him. So he said, okay, crucify him. So the, the, he wasn't judged guilty of anything. Because he wasn't guilty of anything. But they, I was guilty, and you was guilty. So he had to die because of our guilt. But if you've been saved, that guilt's not there anymore. I'm talking about down in your soul. This flesh is always contrary. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Every one of us he died for. And he made his grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. And you'll find that one come to pass just exactly. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. Now listen. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So that's talking about the resurrection. Jesus said he shall see his, he'll see them. And he's, he rejoices in heaven over everyone that gets saved. And if, I'll, I'll say this, if, if, if we come to church this morning and we come in the name of Jesus, that's what the Bible tells us to do. We come in the name of Jesus he said he'd be right there in the midst. And I believe, I believe he's got a storehouse full of blessings that's beyond imagination. We use the scripture sometimes talking about heaven. It said, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither thinner the heart of man the things that have to, God has prepared for them that love him. And I believe that's right now just as much as it is over on the other side. It's, be, it's beyond imagination sometimes how good God blesses us in, in a service or, or, or even at home by ourselves. Sometimes, sometimes I can be sitting reading a scripture and there I'll go across a verse and, and God will open the, just open the windows of heaven and bless me real good. I, I read one verse in this lesson. I don't remember if it was a, I don't even remember which verse it was now, but I read a verse studying this lesson, and God set me on far. And then just a little while after that, I couldn't remember which verse it was. But uh, he didn't want me to talk about it, I don't guess. He just wanted it for me. He knew I needed something. But yet, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The church, 
Sometimes, sometimes it may look to us like the church is struggling, and, and we have low spots. Every church I've ever seen has had some low spots somewhere along the line. We have low spots as individuals or as churches and seem to sometimes struggle a little bit. But we've got a God that never has, far as far as doing his will, doing what he wants done, he never has struggled, never has had to struggle, and he can do exactly what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And we have those we have those low times sometimes just to give us a little strength if we if we trust him and follow him like we're supposed to we can get strength out of those low times to carry us through something maybe even worse later on satan's going to throw everything in the world at us if you've been around very long, and most of us have, if you've been around very long, you've experienced that. And, and God, God's, some, some of the low spots we go through, God's getting us ready for something else. He shall see of the travail of his soul. And uh, so he's, Jesus went to the cross suffered all the things that the Bible said he would, died for our sin, and rose on the third morning. Now, if he'd have stayed in the grave, we wouldn't have any hope. The Bible said if, if we preached Jesus that he rose from the dead, said, how say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead? For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not risen, and we're yet in our sins. And those that fell asleep already perished. So if there's, and, and I read a thing a year or two back, uh, one of the commentaries in the Sunday School Quarterly, they was talking about a survey that had been made somewhere and they were talking about people that claim to be born-again Christians. And a, a, great big, a great big percentage of them didn't believe in the resurrection. And I, if, you don't, if, if you can't believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection, you ain't born again. You might claim to be, but you ain't. Jesus did raise from the dead. And by his death, burial, and resurrection, we're going to raise. In Thessalonians, Paul said, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. If, if that don't comfort your heart, you need to get something. And uh, But God wants to bless us. He, want, he wants us to have the very best that heaven's got. And, and it's ours. We've, 
We've got the inheritance. And uh, what's down in here is already partaken of that inheritance. And uh, God, God wants us to enjoy it fully. Right? I believe he wants us to enjoy it down in our soul while we're going through this life just as much as we will when we get over on the other side. He wants us to have joy in our soul and, and enough, enough down in, on the inside till it shows up on the outside. And if, if, we've got, if we've got what we claim to have down on the inside, sometime or other, I believe, it's going to show up on the outside. But it ought, to, it ought to be that way every day. We ought to live our life just as clean as we possibly can. I believe, I believe God expects our example, our only example, or our greatest one, I'll say it that way, our greatest example in life ought to be Jesus. He walked through life and never committed a sin. Wasn't guilty of anything, yet he died for us. He gave his life for me, and I ought to give my life for him. Now, that I don't know that I'd, ha I'd have to die, but some people have. There's been millions of people put to death because of their religion. Their, or their salvation. But at my life every day that I live, I ought to let people know that, I'm, that I belong to God. I ought to live, I ought to, live to where I, if, if God gives me something to say to somebody, they'll listen. And if, If they won't listen to, if they won't listen to us, we're not we're not connecting right some way. Anybody got a comment? But the death, burial, and the resurrection is the foundation of a Christian life. He bought our salvation. 